Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olaomi Brigway, a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, where we are teaching and equipping women who have a burning desire for significance to create an exceptionally successful and fulfilling life without burnout or stress. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. My mission is to teach others to experience the same. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, we have only one goal teach and empower Christians to take full advantage of their rights and privileges in Christ so they can build exceptionally successful lives. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Olaomi Brigway here. How are you doing? (laughs) Thank you for joining this episode. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for sharing with your friends and family. Today is episode 153 and I'm going to be talking about something that is super important. Now, let me ask you this question. Let's start from here. Have you ever faced a difficult, in fact, an impossible situation the answer is probably yes. And for me, the answer is also yes. But when you're facing that impossible situation, what is the natural response that you tend to find yourself given to that situation? A lot of times, if not in all situations, the natural response is you want to start doing stuff. It's natural. You want to find a solution to that problem. You want to go around, ask people. People come to you with different suggestions. You just want to do, do, do. But the order of this world that God has set in motion is not do first. In fact, the doing or the action is always the last step before the miracle or the transformation. But we have the order wrong. It's in reverse. So people have difficult situations. For example, the marriage has reached breaking point and they want it to be restored. And they feel like, oh, I'm just going to do more. I'm just going to nag this man more. I'm going to do, 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 do. And we start doing all these things. And not only does the situation not progress at the rate at which we are putting the effort in, sometimes it actually regresses. So what is the solution to this? How does God want to bring the supernatural into our lives? It is certainly not by running around with hyperactivity. There is a solution already prepared in God. And the way you're going to have access to that solution is not by running around. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking about the specific process that you must go through in order for you to see the hand of God move in whatever situation you're facing 
currently or at any point in your life. It's a very specific process and it's the same process that got you born again. And let me tell you this, it is counterintuitive. It is more likely that you want to run around and exhaust yourself doing so than to do this thing that I'm going to explain to you today. So I hope you know you enjoyed this episode. It's actually pre-recorded. It was in a Bible study that I taught. So the pace is slower than with the regular episode you would have on the podcast, but the principles and the truth that I teach in it are so powerful. Right, before we move on, a quick announcement or a reminder, if you've heard it last week, GEMS Transformational Coaching Program, which is a 12-week immersive coaching program with me to literally transform any area of your life using a specific system step-by-step blueprint is opening up for enrollment on the 22nd of november and you can join the waitlist if you want access to bonuses and discounts by going to the link in the show notes of this episode okay so let's go straight into what i have for you today today i'm going to be looking at john chapter 3 John chapter 3 actually contains the most popular, the most popular verse in the Bible. I think everybody knows, maybe apart from in the beginning, God created. But John chapter 3 has John 3.16, which is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, the thing is, almost everybody knows that scripture before you were born again you knew that scripture when anybody wants to preach to anyone that's the scripture that they may tend to start with god loves you and because he loves you he doesn't want you to burn in hell (laughs) and that is all true but does that mean just follow me does that mean that when i'm reading the bible and i'm reading john chapter 3 is this simply a get born again scripture and then i can move on from it because uh, I'm already born again. And since I'm already born again, I should just read John chapter three, like, okay, I'm just reading and then move on. But no, it's much more than that. The, the word of God, the Bible says that every word of God is breathed, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it is for our edification, is for revelation, is for our increase, etc. So John chapter three is probably one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible, not just because it contains the term born again and how to be born again, but after you become born again, this is how you're going to continue to walk in God and continue to change levels if you ever desire to change levels. And I know that every single person listening to me must have that desire at some point in your life to want to change levels, okay? So I'm going to be going through John chapter three breaking it down and having a conversation pretty much about it. So it says that a certain man, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish council, came to Jesus at night. So this guy was a rabbi. This guy was a Pharisee. And if you know what that means, that means that he was someone that was highly respected as a teacher of the law. (laughs) He came to Jesus at night because he had a reputation. There was a reputation that he needed to uphold. So he came at night because he was still in two minds. He was still like, well, you know, I like the fact that I'm a Pharisee. I like the fact that I'm quite high up in the hierarchy of the teachers of the law. 
and he's also thinking this is what i've known all my life okay so i'm not just going to easily give it up simply because this person called jesus has showed up and he's calling himself the messiah so he went to jesus at night and he basically said to jesus rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from god for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you do unless god is with him so can you see that the reason why he was attracted to Jesus was because of the miraculous signs that he had witnessed. Because it is through miraculous signs that people would actually come closer and begin to ask questions. Like, tell me how you are doing these things. So that was what Nicodemus saw in Jesus. So he saw this, like, Shebi is, we too, we are Jews now. Shebi, we too, we know the Torah. Because they only have the Torah at that time remember they didn't have the bible so they're like quote and unquote we're reading the same bible quote and unquote we you know we go to the same church we're both quote and unquote christians how come your own life is shining the way it is how come you're producing all these kind of results so nicodemus was genuinely confused and he wanted to know he really wanted to know because he risked his own reputation and probably his wealth and everything because they would have literally kicked him out of the Sanhedrin, which was like the Jewish council. They would have kicked him out. And those people were so, I don't know, religious that they could have even stoned him for heresy or something. At least they killed Jesus. So he reached it because of like, I can't take this anymore. I, I don't understand how our conditions, external conditions appear to be the same we seem to have the same sort of opportunities, but why is your own life accelerating at a rate that no matter how hard I try, I'm not getting the same results. And that's why he went to Jesus. And it's interesting that Jesus now begins to explain. And this is the first time we see in the book of John where he explains what he actually means to become a son of God, because that's literally what Jesus explains. And how does that relate to us? John chapter three, verse three, in response to Nicodemus's question. So basically, even though it was a statement, but he was really asking a question. He was asking Jesus, Oga, me too. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be operating at this level. So you need to tell me what your secret is. You need to tell me how you are producing these kind of results. And if you've ever asked that question, whether secretly or whether openly, whether you have just asked it in your heart between you and God, like God, but your word says this and this, how come I'm not experiencing it in my life? Or you look at the life of someone and say, but listen, this person is a Christian, I'm a Christian. They go to church, I go to church. Why are they accelerating at the rate at which they are doing it? So if you've ever asked that question like, God, I've done everything I know to do. I have, you know, done this, I've done that. People advise me to do this, but I'm still not getting the kind of results that I want. This is what Jesus had to say in response to that particular question. How can I produce supernatural results in my life? the way you, Jesus, are effortlessly doing it. And Jesus replied and he said, I tell you the solemn truth. Unless a person is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus is a bit, he's quite deep. <laughs> so the kind of responses that he gives. And naturally, Nicodemus was like, ah, 
I don't understand. I'm asking you, tell me the secret. I'm asking you, give me five steps that I can literally live from this place to go and follow. So is it, oh, okay, the Torah. Should I read the Torah more? Give me five steps. Tell me what I need to do in order to, to achieve what you've achieved, in order to be producing results. And Jesus' response is a bit confusing. He's like, you have to be born from above. And naturally, Nicodemus was like, I'm a grown man. How am I going to enter into the womb of my mother and be born a second time? It's not possible. I'm already here. So if you're telling me that I need to be reborn, how on earth is that going to happen? Jesus now goes on to explain. He said in verse 5, I tell you the truth, unless a person is born of water and spirit. Now that word spirit is actually pneuma, which can also mean wind. And I'm pretty sure it was wind that Jesus originally said, because he goes on to talk about the wind. So Jesus said, unless a man is born of water and of wind, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh and whatever is born of spirit is spirit. Now, let me break that down. Let me read. Let me explain what he's saying there. So he's saying that, listen, if you, what you are talking about, right, is natural giving birth. Okay. It's impossible for you to be reborn because you've already been born. So the effort, Jesus was saying that, listen, the efforts that you may want to put in to achieve this thing that God has promised you, it's not possible. The same way Nicodemus said, I can't go back into the womb of my mother and be reborn. So it's not about physical effort. That's what Jesus was saying. The same way you think about it and you're like, but I've done everything I know to do. The reason why you've done everything you know to do and the problem is still there or you still don't see the manifestation of the thing that you desire, you genuinely desire, is because that's not the root. That's not the path that's going to lead to your salvation. The same way someone cannot say, oh, but I'm a good person. I give to the poor. I go to orphanages and I feed children. All of those things put together is not sufficient to save someone and make them born again. Because, do you understand what I mean? So no matter the amount of good works, so we're drawing parallels now. No matter the amount of good works that someone can do, I'm doing all the right things. Surely I should be born again. Surely I should have eternal life. That's not the way God has set the path. All right. It's not the way he has set the path. We have to go with the blueprints that God has put in place. No amount of works that you put in can get you born again. The same way that dream that God has put in your heart, the one that will not let you go, the one that every now and then you just remember. And there's a scripture and there's a promise. Okay. He's saying the same way someone cannot become born again by saying, I'm going to go and feed to an orphanage, doing good works. It's the same way flesh can only give birth to flesh. Flesh, physical works cannot give birth to the spirit. So Jesus said, if you want this kind of results, you have to be born of water and of the wind. And what do those two things represent? Water represents the word and wind represents the spirit. So he's saying that the only way to enter into whatever it is God has called you to or whatever you truly, truly, genuinely desire in your heart is 
the same way you will say i accept that jesus christ is my lord and savior he died for me and he's now my lord and as a result of believing and uttering those words you become born again it's the same way it is a combination of the word of god and the holy spirit work inside you that you can produce supernatural works in your life do you understand that jesus said Listen, flesh can give birth to flesh. What that means is you can struggle, you can hustle, you can do all sorts of things to produce results. But if you're looking for the God kind of results, if you're looking for the kind where people will look at you and they'll be like, I don't understand why your own results just seem different to what we're getting. Let me read you something before I continue. So John talking about Jesus says in verse 31 of John chapter 3, says that the one who comes from above is superior to all. So the kind of results that Jesus will produce through us, he says that is going to be superior. Meaning in your career, you can follow the way everyone else is doing it. All right. And you will surely get some results. Let me use this story to explain the difference between the two. Abraham said, I want a son or I want a child that will inherit me. And God by himself said, do you know what? I promise you, in fact, I guarantee he saw an oath and he said, you will certainly have a child. So God was the one that gave Abraham the promise. At that point, Sarah was barren and Abraham was advanced. So they, they, it was double whammy. Number one, she had been barren all her life. And number two, she was now old on top. So she had, she had gone through menopause. The same thing with Abraham's body. Everything had stopped working. That was when that God now said, hey, me, I'm ready. Now, let me tell you the difference between what, when Jesus said, what is born of flesh is flesh. And what is born of spirit is spirit. This is it. Abraham looked at it and thought, I want to achieve this thing badly. So he decided, or Sarah decided, and he agreed that let us use another means. And they got Hagar and they gave birth to Ishmael. Now, the problem with Ishmael is that it is not what God said. You can still produce results. You can still struggle and hustle, but there's a kind of results. For Hagar's one, you can explain it. You can say, I can, I, I, that's a young Vera woman. I mean, she's, she's fit, she's young. It's okay, I understand how you were able to get a child. But with Sarah, nobody would have been able to explain the results. And that's what God is really looking for. He's wanting to create the kind of results in your life whereby when people put two and two together and they try and match it up, they will not be able to. So when you begin to understand that God is not trying to suffer you. The reason why we feel frustrated, like God, where are you? Where? It's because you're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to go the Hagar route. And God is saying, listen, no matter how much you try without me, you can never produce that result that you are seeing in your heart. There's no other way to produce that kind of result without God. So Jesus said, you have, it has to be born from above. You can't do it on your own. Stop wasting time. Stop wasting energy trying to pull it off on your own. 
So you see in your heart a beautiful marriage. God has told you, he has brought you around people to show you that it is possible. And then you decide, okay, I know what I'm going to do. The main problem is in, by, in this marriage is this man. And the way he keeps, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. If only he would listen to me. And you decide that, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to make him do it. And I'm going to, God is just like you, like you, like see this one. Is that what we sent you to do? <laughs> Did I send you? When I came with that picture, what I was really saying is come unto me and drink. Because what is born of flesh is flesh. You can't enter into your own works and produce the righteousness of God. The same way somebody, I said this earlier, cannot say I'm good. I'm a moral person. Therefore, I'm going to heaven. It doesn't work like that. No matter how good, no matter how intelligent, the works and the actions and the action plan and the strategy that you come up with to try and produce that picture that God has put in your heart, you will always fall short. It's a harsh truth, but it's the truth nonetheless. So Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, what is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Now he explains what, what is born of spirit looks like. Let me read that to you. So he says in verse eight, the wind blows wherever it will. Remember, the wind is the spirit. And you hear the sound it makes, but you don't know where it comes from and where it is going. So it is everyone that is born of the spirit. So Jesus is basically saying, so to link it back, he said, if you want to express the kingdom of God, you have to be born of the spirit. He's saying the kind of way God wants to produce in results in your life is people will see the results, but they will not be able to explain how. If people can explain your results, God is not there. Like I said, Abraham and Ishmael, people could explain it. They were like, ah, <laughs> Abraham could still perform now. And Hagar was a young girl, a young, healthy girl. Of course, she'll get pregnant. They could explain it away. But with Sarah, as in double whammy, barren, and menopause has passed. They could not explain it. So God is saying, I want to produce the kind of results. That's why he says that the wind, you will hear it, but you will not be able to tell where it's coming from. Meaning you will see the effect, but you'll be like, how on earth? The same way God parted the Red Sea. The sea parted, but you're like, how did the Red Sea part? The same way we all got born again. How can you explain the fact that just by speaking words, you are no longer condemned for death. You are now an heir of salvation and you are going to heaven. You can't explain it because God does not work from the place of intellect. So you have to sort of say, okay, if I'm still using my brain to try and figure out how it's going to happen, I haven't yet begun the process with God. So Jesus said to Nicodemus, you've come to me, right? You want answers, don't you? How are you going to get these kind of results? You have to, first of all, be born of the spirit. And what does that entail? What does it mean to be born of the spirit? Remember, I said you have to be two things. You have to be born of the water and of the wind, meaning the word and the spirit of God. Okay, let me read further. Okay, so verse 14 Jesus still talking. He said, just as Moses 
lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. So Jesus said you have to be born if you want to produce supernatural results, not natural results that people can explain. If you have that kind of yearning in your life, things that look hopeless, things that people have ruled out. If you are that kind of person that is always looking for supernatural expressions of God in your life, this is what needs to happen. It can never be by your own effort. So the effort that you are using to try and produce something that can never be, take that effort and you will apply it and do what I'm going to teach you today. You have to be born of what? Of the water and of the wind. The water represents the word. It says washing of water by the word. And the wind represents the spirit. So there are two things, two ingredients that are required for those kind of supernatural encounters in your life. The word of God and the spirit of God. Now, going on, it says, Jesus now explains the process. So how exactly does this happen? Jesus said exactly as it happened with Moses, this is exactly your own transformation is going to happen to. And this is in Numbers 21. So I've just jumped to Numbers 21. Now this relates to the children of Israel. They've come again, this people. <laughs> so let me read. It says, they traveled from Mount Ur by the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people became impatient along the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread or water. And we detest this worthless food, which is manna. So they were like, we detest this manna. We hate it. You brought us here to die. <laughs> Words. Uh, I can't let that pass. I have to say this one. God said to them, whatever I hear you say in my ears, that is what I would do. So if you're the kind of person that words are cheap from today don't ever play with your words do you know that the reason why you can claim to be born again is because you spoke words have you sat down to think about that the reason why you can say today that i'm born again is, is it because you went to heaven and saw jesus were you there when they killed jesus you weren't there when they killed jesus now you read something in the bible somebody preached it to you and then they said if you confess that jesus is lord you believe that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You spoke words and literally eternal life was deposited in you. How much more? Do you understand what I'm saying? So words. So God said to these people, stop saying all these things. Stop saying, stop saying they're going, I'm not going to say we, <laughs> I'm not going to partake of their nonsense. So say you people are going to die in the wilderness. Stop saying you're going to die in the wilderness. But they didn't listen. They kept saying it. They had said it enough that look at what happened immediately. It says that the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people. They beat the people. Many people of Israel died. Exactly had they had spoken. They said, God brought us here, brought them there to die in the wilderness. And they had been saying it and saying it. since they left Egypt, they had been saying it. They were saying it and saying it and saying it until it's almost like it's a jar. You keep saying something long enough, the thing becomes full and overflows and the judgment of what you have been saying literally gets poured out. So if you have been speaking blessings over your life, it is getting fuller and fuller and the time is coming where it will overflow and the floodgate will open 
and be like, oh my God, what's happening? Everything is just bam, bam, bam. It's the same thing with speaking curses over our own lives through our words. So snakes came among them and they began to die. Now, I want you to look at this. These people deserved what they got because God operates by principle and they actually complained so much and spoke words of death over their own lives and the judgment of death came. But God did not leave them there. See, when they cried out to God, it's, let me read that to you. Let me read it to you. So verse 7 says, Then the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he would take away the snakes from us. So Moses prayed for the people. How did God respond? This is where the love of God comes in. So they got what they deserved. But it says in verse 8, the Lord said to Moses, I want you to make a poisonous snake in the form of bronze and then set it on a pole. When anyone that is bitten looks at it, he will live. So these people, snakes were biting them. A lot of them had already died. Now, when they reached out and they said, God, now I want you to try and picture this. When they were being bitten by snakes, okay? They would have tried, right? I, I, I seriously doubt that anybody would just sit there and say, hey, snake bite. You know, no. They would have tried. They may have picked up sticks and tried to chase the snakes away. They may have tried to use some kind of homemade remedy to try and cure the thing or whatever it is. But it was literally an impossible task. There was nothing they could do to get themselves out of that situation. Then it finally dawned on them like, oh, let's go to God. The same way we will try. You've done everything. You run around, you've called everybody you know, but you are yet to pray about that thing. You have not really cried out to God. Or some of us, in our praying to God, we haven't yet gone through this process that I'm about to describe. So they finally realized that this is hopeless. It's hopeless. I need to do something, but I don't know what to do. And nothing I do seems to be enough. So they finally turned to God. And this is what God did. God did not turn them away. Now, this is what it means when it says that God loves you. Can you explain how looking at a bronze snake can heal someone of a snake bite? Well, people had already died. So it wasn't a hoax. It wasn't like a lie. It wasn't really a poisonous snake. It was just one of those snakes that are not very poisonous. So several people had already died. But God didn't say, do you know what? I want you to run around the whole camp. Get what I'm saying? Gather up all the snakes, get them out, and then you'll be free. God said, listen, I'm going to lift up something. Just look. Just by looking, you will be saved. So he made it so easy. The love of God made it so easy. He did not put barriers. He literally said, look up. How much energy does it take to look up? Think about it. How much energy does it take to simply look up? And the thing that they had been expending all sorts of energy, trying to change, they just had to look up. That was the expression of God's love. The same way someone, for every single one of us here, when we were not born again, did God say you have to go to Jerusalem and climb a mountain? Did God say you had to offer restitution to everyone you had ever hurt? Did God say you had to confess every sin that you had ever sinned? You wouldn't even know. How can you know all the sin that? Did he say any of those things? No, he simply said, believe. 
that I have paid for your sin and that's it. So he made it easy to enter into the supernatural. It's going to be the easiest thing you've ever done. Effort wise. Listen to me. It's going to be the easiest thing you have ever done the same way. Literally, it took almost nothing for someone that was on the ground that had been bitten by a snake to look up. And as soon as he looked up and believed that that bronze snake would heal him, he was instantly healed. They could not have changed that situation in their own strength. It's the same way you are sitting there listening to me and you know within yourself that there's nothing that you humanly that you can do to change that situation. That means it is the wonderful opportunity for God to come and demonstrate how much he loves you. So God wants to come and demonstrate how much he loves you by producing that result that you want in a way that will not require you putting up all that effort. The water and the wind, the word and the spirit. You have the promise of God. That's where you start. You can't start anywhere except with the word. What does the word of God say? What is the promise concerning that marriage? What has God said? So the same way you read that, oh, there was somebody called Jesus and this person was crucified and they preached that gospel to you and then you confessed it. It's the same way. And the Holy Spirit changed you. Literally, you became a new person. You literally became another person. It's the same way God is saying, if you start with me, Nicodemus, sorry, it's not a 10 step thing. What do you need to do? You have to have the word and by your speaking the word, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will transform you the same way you got born again. Could you have worked for your salvation? The thing I think that hinders us the most is we think that God loves us enough to save us. But does he love me enough to heal me? God loves me enough to save me from hell. But does he love me enough to get my child back on track? God loves me enough to make me a joint heir with Jesus. But does he love me enough? Am I important enough to him to give me that multi-level promotion at work? Don't you know that it is the same love and it is the same process? The Bible says, as you have received Christ, the way you receive Christ is exactly the same way you will walk in him. Meaning the way you received Christ is the same way you're going to receive healing in your body. The way you receive Christ is the same way your finances are going to triple or quadruple. The way you receive Christ is the same way your marriage is going to be healed and restored. How did you receive Christ? The word was preached to you. You spoke it and the Holy Spirit went to work inside you and transformed you. Jesus said that is exactly the same way it's going to happen. You have the word. Take a break from running around. Take a break from trying to figure this thing out on your own. Honestly, take a break. Take a break and say, do you know what? All these things I'm doing is not working anyway. All that energy that I'm using to run around, to call people, to try and figure it out, to nag, to do all these things is not working. 
why don't I take that same time and that energy and direct it to the sure guaranteed way that will get me that supernatural result that I'm looking for. That is where the love of God for you is revealed. John 3.16 says, this is the way God loved the world. This is NET translation. This is the way God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish. This is the way God loved the Israelites. He made that bronze serpent that whosoever looks on the bronze serpent and believes will not perish. This is the way that God has healed you of sickness. He made Jesus bear the stripes on his body. That whosoever will sit with that word and allow the Holy Spirit to imprint that word upon your heart until you believe it, you will experience your healing. This is how God loves you so much that he decided to write in his word that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So God loved you enough to include everything that pertains to your life inside the word. That's the way he did it. So thinking that because God loves me, it should completely remove me from the process and just do it. That's not how God chose to demonstrate his love. The way he chose to demonstrate his love to you is he put up a substitute. He said the amount of grind, the amount of effort that it would require for you to change levels, to go from level one to level 10, you can't produce it no matter how much you try. So do you know what I'm going to do? Allow me, I'm going to make sure that Jesus pays that price for you. And all you have to do is believe in what he has done and that transformation will happen. That is how much God loves you. So when you say, oh, God loves me, God loves me, it's not, a, it's not an up in the air kind of thing. It's not an abstract thing. It's a very practical thing. It's a very, very practical thing. When you're going through your everyday life, God wants to demonstrate how much he loves you by helping you produce results that ordinarily, no matter how much you try, you will never produce those results. Yeah. Let me give you an example. So I remember during my teaching days as a brand new teacher and the newbie now, they say, ah, see, see this one. <laughs> She's new, so we can give her all the classes. So they basically piled on me the difficult classes that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted those classes. In fact, the, one of the vice principals begged, I heard this later, <laughs> went to beg the head of maths, the head of department, that you can't give me this class. These children, because he, had, he taught them for a whole year, the year before, and they almost, he almost went mad. He was just praying for the year to end, for the year to end, so that he could switch and leave them. So please don't, please take these children off my hands. I'm talking about a vice principal that probably had about 20 years experience. Me, I was a newly qualified teacher. I think I was in my second year of teaching. And me, I was coming. Say, hey, hey, new job. So they said, oh, newbie. They gave me the class. And the children were as tough Listen to me. The children were as tough as I had heard, if not tougher. Now, here's what I'm saying in a very practical way. Listen to what I'm saying. So I looked at the situation and I thought a deputy, a vice principal 
with 20 years of experience could not handle these kids. Nobody in the whole school could handle them. Me, that I only had one year's experience. How on earth am I going to be able to turn these children around? And it happened to be the year of their exams. So it wasn't just about, let's just sit pretty and just let's last the year. No, that was the year they were going to take exams. And I had to perform because the exams, the exam results will affect the results of the entire year group and the whole school. So there was a lot riding on it. So this is what I'm saying. It looked impossible because it actually was impossible. I did not have the skill. I did not have the tools. I did not have the experience to be able to produce the results I knew I must produce. I'm trying to make this as practical and as real for you so that we don't just walk around and say, oh, God loves me, God loves me. But then the moment you hit a snag, the thing goes out the window and you start to run around. So I thought, okay, because I know God loves me and the same way I got saved is the same way I'm going to live every day of my life until I go home to be with the Lord or Jesus comes. It's not different. The same way I confessed and I believed and God transformed my life is the same way God is going to transform these children. So I went to God because I realized that as Jesus said, what is born of the flesh is flesh. There's no way anything I know. Remember, I was only was only my first year in teaching. I only had one year's experience. Someone that had 20 years experience could not handle these children. Okay, I may have run around and we have done all sorts and the children would have chewed me up. <laughs> so I took it and I went to God and I said, I know you love me. And because you love me, you have already made this transition and transformation easy for me. What I'm trying to tell you is that the love of God, what has God, what the love of God has really done for you and why it is your greatest superpower is he has made things easy for you. The same way all you had to do to become born again and escape hell and have this beautiful relationship with God is just to confess that Jesus is Lord. It's the same way with your finances. So I took it to God and I said, God, you love me so much and I know that it, it can't be hard. I know it looks impossible and you don't really expect me to produce any kind of results. But I'm not the kind of person that I just sit down and say, I'm not going to produce results. You live in me, so let's get to work. So, and I went to God and he taught me, gave me a scripture. This is what I'm saying. I didn't start by running around because no matter the running around that I did, I'm telling you these children, nothing I did. Because they even knew that I was a newbie. <laughs> if you ever know anything about teaching, children can smell. We used to, we joke, we joked about this. They can smell fresh meat, fresh meat from afar. Say, ah, this one's new. Or like a supply teacher that only came to fill in for someone for the day. Ah, even well-behaved children, they will go mad. As in, be jumping on top of tables, throwing things at the teeth, that kind of thing. So they need someone's fresh meat. I said, no matter what I do. So the word, and God showed me and he gave me a word and he said, this is how I'm going to make it super easy for you. So I began to meditate on that word. I began to declare the word. I began to declare the word. Remember the same way you got born again is the same way God is going to transform your marriage. God does not have any other formula. It's the only formula he uses. If you go and create your own formula, well, he can't be part of it. 
The same way he told Abraham, just as saying that I'm the father of many nations. And as he said it, the Holy Spirit transformed their bodies. Yeah. So I got, got the scripture, start declaring it. I would go in the beginning. Now, this is where we get deceived. In the beginning, oh my God, this student, like the first, up, leading up to, so for the first seven weeks, leading up to the first half term, oh, I, I didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to go to work because I'm like, oh my God, when I look at my time, thankfully, I didn't have them every day because I taught different classes. When I saw my time, I'm like, oh my God, this student, I can't do shit. I think they were just horrible. Hor I can't even begin to tell you the kind of things the student were doing. As in they were giving me nightmares. But I understood that if I just stay with the process of God, the wind and the water, the spirit and the word, it will happen so quickly and so effortlessly that people will come and ask me and say, eh, how did you do it? So I stuck with the process. Listen to this. The same way when you receive Jesus Christ, was the transformation of first of all inside you? Do you understand? And then after a while, people will begin to notice, ah, there's something different about you. But did God immediately manifest that you're born again? Like, did he take you to heaven? So the manifestation is not first on the outside. It's first inside you. So I was meditating on that word. I would declare it. Father, I thank you. And I would declare the word of God. And I would declare the word of God. I would declare the word. I just never left it. I clung to God. So I went the way of the water and of the wind, the word and the spirit. Because I knew, I'm repeating this because it's important. I knew that no amount of effort or my own intelligence could produce the kind of results that I wanted. So I stuck with God, even though everything just looked to be getting worse. The children looked to be getting worse on the outside. But I continued. And then after a while, by the second half of the first term, so school started in September, by I think around November, I just realized that certain things, I would just, an idea would just pop into my head. Like, why don't you do this? And I'll do it, as in literally. And I'll, it'll pop into my head and like, do this. And I'll do it. And I'll have the best lesson with those kids. I'm like, ah, what's happening here? So I continued. I just noticed that there was just something about, something changed. I, that, that's what I'm saying. I can't explain it. Their demeanor towards me began to change. Do you understand what I'm saying? The children that you would, and then, you know, the way it is, you would, you know, get emails about behavior all over the school. I'll see the names of these children all over. Somebody send them out of the class. They've been put in detention. One has been excluded. One has been suspended. And when they come to my own class, there was just something about, as soon as they walked into that room, something changed. The atmosphere changed. Not because of anything that I was doing per se. It was the Holy Spirit that was transforming the situation right before my very eyes. Ideas would pop into my head, head that I could not have searched out. Okay? No matter how much I searched. As in, just, why don't you try it this way? You know, don't let those two sit together. Put that one and that one together. Why don't you create tables? Why don't you... And remember, this was that exam year. Why don't you begin to teach them in this kind of way? And literally the changes began to happen and it was so effortless when the head of maths came because they observed in teaching for performance reviews one of the i think he observed like three times a year or something like that 
So one of the classes that the head of mass decided to come and observe was this class. At the end, she was like, I don't know how you're doing it and I don't know what you're doing, but continue because it's working. I wanted to tell myself, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but the only thing I knew was I made sure that the word and the spirit, the wind and the water were before me. And as a result of that, things were popping up that I could not explain. By the time these children finished the year and they started their exam, do you know that they got the best results in the history of the school? That's what I'm saying, that they had to come. When they saw the results, first of all, the head of maths, then the priest, they, I'm, I'm talking about, this was my second year of teaching. I only had one year experience as a teacher. They had to come and call me like, we don't understand how on earth the vice principal that had 20 years experience that had abandoned and ran away from the class came to find me and said, I don't understand how you did it. To the point that I now quote and unquote became behavior management expert. Second year. And that was literally what led to my first, literally by my beginning of my third year in teaching, I was already in middle management. It, it's not done. You don't just become a middle manager and jump several steps as a newly qualified teacher. Can you see what I'm saying? It was because I, I started off and I said, listen, because God loves me, he has made this thing easy for me. Let me read it to you again. John three sixteen. This is the way God loved the world. This is the way God loved the world. He presented Jesus as a substitute to make your path from death to life easy. All this idea of until we, a blood vessel bursts. <laughs> that we won't know that. We you want to do, 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 do. No, 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 no. Look at that situation and say, God loves me. It can't be this hard. God loves me so much that I know it can't be this hard. God loved Abraham so much that he took the difficult part of him trying to impregnate Sarah, which was an impossible task. He took it out of their hands. He said, you just be calling yourself Abraham. Sarah, just be calling yourself princess. So she, from the inside, she was just getting younger and younger and younger and younger from the inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? She's saying, I'm Sarah, I'm Sarah, princess, princess, princess. Old woman became princess that kings were chasing her. Because she was calling herself what God said to call herself. You understand what I'm saying? He said, the way you will experience salvation, transformation in any area of your life, Jesus said it is exactly the same way Moses lifted up the bronze serpent. They could not have delivered themselves from the snakes. The deliverance that God brought, it was as easy as literally lift up your eyes, look at the bronze snake, Believe and you are healed. The energy, the effort is what? Where? The word and the spirit. The wind and the water. It says, except you are born of the wind, of the water and of the wind, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't achieve that level of supernatural success that you're looking for. It is not in the hands of men. No man can get you that kind of results. Do you understand? No matter how many books I try to read, if God did not open my eyes to the right strategies and then he breathed 
just that it's not just words it is the holy spirit the holy spirit breathed something upon the student i don't even know this followed me throughout my that one incident went on every school that i went to i was known as a behavior management expert why because by the time god had transformed the situation he had actually transformed me first he made me someone that if i walk into a room even no matter how rebellious the teenagers are i can immediately that like ideas begin to pop I'm like oh if you remove that one from that mix everything will be fine and literally the teacher will do it and they'll come back and say oh my god how did you know i said i just know there's a wisdom from above that comes and sits literally upon you when you go this way okay jesus said this is the way god loved the world take the word so the water and the wind the word and the spirit sit with it listen forget what is happening on the outside the same way the snakes remember the snakes were still there in numbers 21 but said take your eyes off the snakes just look up to the brown snake and you will be healed take your eyes off because do you know why God doesn't want you just focusing on the situation. If you keep focusing on the situation, what do you think will happen? You become stirred up to want to do more. You become stirred up. You want to take action. You want to, oh, what can I do? Ah, they said they want to sack the person. Oh, what can I do? What can I? Listen, the more you look at the situation, the more you want to do, 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 do. But it's the same as saying, <laughs> Abraham decided, Sarah, by force, you must, you, you must get belly by force. So every night, I don't care where you are and what you're doing, you must come and meet me in my bed. Sure. No matter <laughs> how many times he decided, you know, he must sleep with his wife. How? How will he impregnate somebody that was number one barren and number two had then now gone through menopause, as in double whammy? How? By increasing activity, how will increased activity cause her to get pregnant? No. And even when he deviated and said, let's try another way, he still did not enter the kingdom of God. So what was born of flesh was still flesh. So when you run around, when you leave aside the love that God has already demonstrated to you, and you begin to do things on your own, you can either get to the place where there are no results and you become so frustrated right number one or you actually produce results but god didn't send you ishmael became a thorn in abraham's side and in sarah's side and in isaac's side god didn't send them so when you are looking at the serpents when we're not crazy you're not crazy now but you hear that your child is misbehaving at school and the person keeps getting phone calls of course you want to do 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 that oh you will if i catch you yeah i know and just between doing trying to use effort and action and energy to transform the child meanwhile god says have you come to find and learn of me the easy way have you no there's an easy way that's why jesus said my yoke is light my burden is easy the love that God has for you, the way he demonstrated that love was he created an easy path for you to be transformed, for you to experience transformation in your situation. 
Remember, it says exactly the way you got born again is the way you are going to express every other promise of God in your life. Don't say, oh, the way we got born again is different. Now I need to mix my own action and intelligence with the way God would do it. No, it doesn't work like that. So when you say God loves me, what are you really saying? Because what you should really be saying is this is the way God loved me. He gave his only begotten son so that every time I believe in the son and who is the son It's the word. Every time I believe in the word and submit myself to the Holy Spirit to cause the transformation to happen, I will not perish. You will not perish in that situation. Rather, you will receive eternal life. Eternal life is the way, the life of God. The life of God will literally enter into that situation and it will recreate it. The same way we were recreated into another being, not because of good works, but simply because we believed. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, if something is hard and hard and hard and toil, toil, I always say this, I'm sounding, I now sound like a broken record. Toil is as a result of the curse. Hustle is as a result of the curse. God cursed the ground because of Adam's sin and said, from the sweat of your face, Adam, you will eat. And even when you have sweat so much, it will only produce thorns and thistles so you work hard 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 but you try 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 to change the situation nag 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 your husband to change him do this do this do this but it will still only produce what thorns it was a curse so jesus came to free us from that bondage of do 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 and he said listen come and learn of me come and learn of me that is how god has demonstrated his love for you to make your life easy, easy, easy. All this, <laughs> it must be hard. There's nothing God has called anyone to do that is hard. It's just the way we choose to do it that is always hard. Do you understand that? When you go to him, no. So Jesus was looking at the cross and like, hey, cross. But what happened? When he yielded, it became easy. He said, for the joy that was set ahead of him, he obeyed. He was like, ah, okay, okay. He went and angels came and they strengthened him. Even the hardest thing any human being has ever had to do became easy when God got involved. All right. Thank you so much. Bye.